BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Hi, this is Anna Hope, and I'm here with Alan Aldridge for Porch Talk. This song is called Eden. I hope you have a good day. Take you. 
Welcome you uh, to Porch Talk. We're in Birmingham, Alabama at uh, O Elegante Studios. Oof. How about that? And it's nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. Thank you for sharing some songs. And so uh, earlier tonight, you were at the Nick, right? I was. I had a blast. It was fun. Tell me a little bit about the, uh, the what are they calling it? The happy hour? Yeah. They, they do this whole free happy hour show on Sundays now. That's really fun from five to seven. Um, several of my friends have done it. Katie Mulvihill did it. Uh, Hambagby. Uh, shoot. I can't remember the whole list now, but, but yeah. now I've, I've, I've gotten to do it and it was, it was a blast. Today was a little funky because we had the, um, the whole potential winter weather advisory thing happening yeah. today. <laughs> It was weird. Uh, it was like Meridian was having snow, and then they're saying Montgomery's going to have snow. And it's like, uh, we're north of there. I'm like, we're not going to have snow. There was a whole conversation sitting there at the bar about um, bread and milk and whether or not James Spann has stock in in Barber's and Nature's Valley. I'm <laughs> just like, probably not. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, I mean, that is the thing. Uh, if you're from the South, you know exactly what that means. <laughs> It's uh, go get bread, milk. Some would even throw eggs in there. You know, if you throw eggs in there, then at least you're having French toast and you're not just having like milk sandwiches. There you go. And this is also a cool episode because this is about as ginger as you could possibly get. It's so ginger. This has happened like two times before. And, uh, has it? Yeah. And it's, uh, it's, almost too, it's almost too much energy. It's a lot of energy. Yeah. And so, let me ask you this. Did you watch South Park when you were growing up? I, I wasn't allowed. So, I really wasn't allowed either, but I was well aware of the joke because I had to go to school with my peers. What's the joke? It's a ginger have no souls. Okay, no, okay. That's not a South Park joke. That's not a, that's not a solely South Park thing. That is, that is, that is, um, this culturally, just gingers in general, they, they believe we don't have souls. And so this is or an episode to dispel that. We consume that. them. Yeah, that's the thing. In some way. Yeah. So we're here to dispel that. That's an, that's what we one of the missions. We don't eat souls. Yeah. No, we we give energy. That's what we do. And uh, I, this is this is pop culture as all get out. And I, <laughs> I do not believe him. Uh, he's Ed Sheeran. <laughs> so did you see this article? This is yeah, this I is, did, this is so ridiculous. It's <laughs> I like, adore him, that's, but that, I did see the, it. The South Park joke. Uh, it, it ruined my life. And I was like, okay, Mr. Millionaire. Yeah, life is ruined. God is so hard on you. <laughs> <Hi>. <laughs> uh, 
but uh i'm sure you caught some of it growing up too with the, oh for the, sure well for me it was more of the uh redheaded stepchild jokes i had a lot of that too yeah because i was i was the fifth of six kids and only two of us were redheads and so whenever we stepped out of line we got the redheaded stepchild jokes i guess uh so i have an older brother it's just two oh. of us and so my brother looks like he belongs to the family right and you and you I don't, don't because ginger yeah and it's uh so both my grandfathers on both sides are redheaded and so it skips a generation and then it, <laughs> it does it, it all went to it me. does it's a recessive gene people don't know that yeah, and so I caught every bit of it, and so like I'm just looking at family pictures and stuff, and there I am, and it's like, yeah, I can kind of see. It's so funny to me because I have four kids, right? Mm-hmm. So people will look at my kids and they're like, oh, you didn't even get one redhead, and I'm like, it's a recessive gene. Yeah, I was never gonna get a redhead. It was genetically impossible. It was mathematically impossible. I was never gonna get one. Yeah. All my children are beautiful and wonderful, and I love them Just so much. Redheads. But none of them are gonna be redheads. But one of them, maybe someday, might give me one. There you go. So tell me a little bit about you. Growing up, where are you from? Oh, that's a long story. Um, Birmingham, I guess, is the easy answer. Okay, we're um, not going for easy here. But the um, <laughs> the extended answer is that I, I spent some time growing up in Vandiver, Alabama, which is down down 280, and uh, like if you, if you know where Childersburg, Harpersville, mm-hmm. those places are, it's in that general area. If you know where Vincent is, okay, I, I grew up going to Vincent Elementary School. Um, but I, I I grew up in a place that um, back in the day my people would have referred to as the in the flesh Psalm twenty three. We had we had the we had the the pasture. We had the lake. We had the forest. It was it was it was the place. You know, it was, we were. We were very, very happy there, um, and we came there not not because it was our place, but because um, we we got flooded out of a parsonage that we grew up in. Okay, so that's pasture. <laughs> no, no, no. Before the pasture, before the pasture, we got flooded out of a place that we grew, that we were in because um, I'm I'm the fifth child of six kids. Um, my mom was a single mom. And our our church took care of us. Okay. And uh, we we were living in a parsonage, and then when Hurricane Opal came through, uh, it it flooded that place, and we just had a, a random person who read about us in the newspaper, who was like, "Hey, you've got a place in Vincent in Vandiver," and, and they gave us a place, and we lived there for a few years. Then we were in then we were in Alabaster for a while, and that's I guess where I. Grew up the rest of the way. Um, I went to Thompson, but but then eventually homeschooled. All right, and so uh, when did music become a part of your life? Oh, I was talking before. I was, I was singing before I was talking. What was you singing? What, what was that? Oh, uh... literally everything. Um, because of because of my upbringing, a lot of church songs. There was a lot of uh, um, a lot of hymns happening. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of rock of ages and uh amazing grace that kind of stuff so did um, you grow up singing in church oh for sure yeah i was i was in the choir um i, I led worship i when i was in high school um this is 
some people might call this embarrassing, but quite honestly, this is one of my like highest achievements in life. I was the choir president, the Briarwood Chapel Choir, um, in high school. Um, and, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, one of my biggest musical influences in life was my choir director there. Um, Clay Campbell, who was our choir director. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just Alabama or in the South, I mean, a lot of musicians, a lot of their first times possibly, you know, being on the stage, is it is church. It's hard to sing here and not end up at church somehow, even if, if, even if you aren't, even if you don't grow up that way. Like, somehow everybody mm-hmm. ends up there, even if it, like, ends up being professionally. Yeah. Uh, I think it's it's a, it's a great way to cut your teeth because uh, there's not going to be a lot of hard critic right there. You know, at least in my experience, it, dep- maybe. it depends where you are. It really depends where you are. My my experience um, growing up at Briarwood, even even in the children's choir, honestly, there was there was a lot of emphasis on excellence. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of emphasis on being exact. So um, for me, for me, early on growing up in the church, there was a, there was a lot of critique, honestly. Okay. Um, but um, I, I I do understand that that's not everybody else's example. But the the uh, on the other end of it, you know, while I'm traveling the country with my chapel choir in high school i also had the experience of um before soundcheck my my choir directors playing acdc um on on the guitar just chilling out in the sanctuary beforehand so so there's a lot of it a lot of back and forth there yeah i remember uh like growing up i started playing guitar when i was 15 and I, i hit play in the bars before I would end up in church. I grew up in church, but when my parents split, we stopped going. And then I fell back into it after I graduated high school, and it was because of music. Uh, And it was, uh, I think I was the second person in that church, and this is like a real small town in Alabama, and it's like very old school to work. Which small small town? Kennedy. Okay, okay. No, 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 no. So, I got you. I got you there. Uh, so uh, it was piano organ. Yeah. And so like a guitar. Whoa, what are we doing here? <laughs> Let's pump the brakes. It's a little wild. Yeah. We. Uh, Is this the Satan, Satan's music or not? Mm-hmm. Who knows? Like, we're about to do a little ACDC. Hey. <laughs> but uh, so, but it, it went over fairly well. It, like at first it was a little, little rough on the old timers, but it was like the criticism I was talking about was like, you sound good. You know, they, they there's would, a lot of good job. Yeah, a lot of good. Whether good you did you. or you not, you sound great. Mm-hmm. Like there were there were those times where where you'd go for that high note and maybe you wouldn't make it. Yeah, but you'd come down and they'd be like, "That was so sweet. Good job. Thank you so much. That was su- such a testimony. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Touch me right here. Touch me <laughs> right here. I'm blessed." <laughs> So uh, what about uh, did guitar as far as uh, our piano? What came first as far as an instrument? Guitar came first for me. Um, I, I, I started playing when I was probably 15 or 16. Um, what just, brought that in? I just, 
I don't know. I don't really know. I, I, um, I thought I was about to drop a Taylor Swift reference. Oh, watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Careful. We start talking about Taylor Swift. We're going to be here for a long time. <laughs> I'm a unashamed Swifty. Um, but no, no, no. When I was 15 or 16, um, I just, I, I had more access. Um, you know, I, I wasn't in a situation where I could buy one or my mom would buy one, but I had friends who had guitars, mm-hmm. so I'd fiddle around with theirs. And then I think I got my first guitar when I was 18, like my first one that like belonged to me when I was 18. Um, but I, before then, I'd already written a song on guitar, um, just fiddling around on my friend's stuff. Um, never played piano. Um, finally, in 2020, learned how to play ukulele. That's my quarantine skill. There you go. When I got bored, I was just like, got to do this. Um, bought, a, bought a little uh, Cordova and uh, started working on that in 2020. But, but yeah, guitar definitely came first. So what did life look like for you when you were leaving high school? What was you wanting to do? When I was leaving high school, what I wanted to do was I wanted to be a, a um, I wanted to enlist. I wanted to be a naval corpsman. Um, I wanted to go and serve my country and and be a medical human um, and help people in that way. Um, but I found out very quickly that I had some medical issues that excluded me from that. Um, so I threw myself into just like working full time. And I did, um, I did a lot of fast food management stuff mm-hmm. at that point. And then, then I got married a couple of weeks after I turned 20 Then I had babies. And for a while that was it. It was, it was being a uh, mom and wife for a while. I've got, I have four kids now. Mm-hmm. Um, and now they are 10, 9, 6, and 4. Um, in February, my two oldest will upgrade each. They're a year and four days apart, so I'll have an 11-year-old, a 10-year-old, a 6-year-old, and a 4-year-old at that point. Um, but yeah, for, for a while, I just did did the whole mom and wife thing. Mm-hmm. And I kind of lost the music thing for for a bit there. Um, you know, before that, I was I was singing at church. I was um, I I actually I recorded an album that I pray to God never sees the light of day because <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible, it's awful. Um, there's maybe one song on that album that I like <laughs> that is okay for people to hear, <laughs> but the rest of it's awful. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just, I just kind of did that for a bit and, um, I didn't come back to music until I guess I'm trying to think it's probably 2016 ish. It was between my third and fourth kid because after my third one, I thought we were done mm-hmm. and, um, and I had I had a day where I was I was told I had some time, and uh, 
I just I googled to find an open mic, and I ended up finding DD Stars open mic at Courtyard 280, mm-hmm. and uh, ended up there, and um, and that fantastic human being um, welcomed me in with open arms, and uh, and he. He has not stopped texting me every week since to ask me if I'm going to come to open mic. Um, so I, I kept pl- I kept coming, I kept playing, and that got me started writing again. And um, over the past two and a half years or so, I've written more than eighty-four songs now. <laughs> nice. So working on um, the catalog. Yeah, yeah, I've I've got a lot to work with <laughs> now. Um, some of it's good. Some some of it I really love. Um, some of it, again, like that first album. Hope it never sees the light of day. <laughs> yeah, sure. I, like I, I write a lot of songs too. I don't know if I have that many. Uh, but I try to write at something every day, uh, even if it's a line or just something creative. Uh, and if there's nothing there, fine. But uh, I believe in the 10,000 10, hour rule. Right, right, right. And so, if, like, if I wrote 100 songs, odds are maybe one of them is right? pretty good. Chances are one of them is going to be all right. And so, like, I'm just trying to write 1,000, so maybe I'll get 10 <laughs> out of that. And boom. I like that. I like that idea. Uh, so, like, uh, just as far as your creative process, how does that start for you? Is um, it a melody or is it a line or is it? Oh goodness, it's a lot of things. Um most of most of all it's um Interstate sixty five. <laughs> um I I do a lot of writing while mm-hmm. I'm driving. Um I don't know if I would ever write a song if my lovely smartphone was not capable of recording things while I'm driving. <laughs> Same. Um I sometimes sometimes it's just it's one little line. And and maybe that's part of a chorus. Maybe it's part of maybe it's the first line of the song. Who knows? Um, sometimes it's the melody, though. Um, it just it just depends. Most of the time, most of the time, it's an idea about uh, like wanting to convey a feeling. Like, for instance, um, the song that's going to play at the end of this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, Wait, no. The song that played at the beginning of this episode. I switched it. Um, Eden, Have a Good Day. That song. <coughs> I have a habit of, 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 of writing songs that are pretty sad, but they're in major keys. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So maybe you don't notice that they're sad. Um, and and gotcha. the person who pointed that out to me was one Ham Bagby. <laughs> um, and... Uh, and a little bit after he pointed that out to me, I realized, wow, every song I'm writing right now is really sad. Like, it's it's really depressing. There's nothing happy about it. And um, and I was just, I was sitting there thinking one day, God, I, w- I really wish I just had something nice to write about. And while I was sitting there thinking that, I thought, you know what? You have a really good friend. Write a song about your really good friend, mm-hmm. and um, and and that's how that's how that song became 
a thing was that I I was just I was tired of writing sad songs and I wanted to write a, a song about something somebody who was just good, mm-hmm. somebody who was just nice and unproblematic and there was nothing complicated about it. <laughs> yeah, sure. I didn't know if it was like uh, the exit Eden. Yeah, it is the exit to Eden yeah. that, to get to his house. That's exactly <laughs> what that song's about. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Well, I know. Uh, you know that exit now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you just, know that exit uh, today. You yeah, were just there. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's all full circle now. Uh, Isn't it though? So, uh, Birmingham. Like, how long have you been in this area? I have never left. <laughs> no, I don't. I've been here forever and ever. Um, when, just kind of moved around to different spots. Yeah, you know, when when I was born, my family was in kind of Estavia for a little bit. Then we went to. Vandiver, then we were in Alabaster, and then I've been everywhere from Hoover to... Now I'm technically in Calera, kind of Chelsea, here and there. I'm, you know, Birmingham. Yeah. It's it's kind of all-encompassing. Yeah, it really is. It's uh, so just about the scene as you've gotten more involved, like uh, playing the Nick. How did that uh, open up for you? <laughs> That happened um, with, I, I came to open mics for a while, and then then I had a friend who asked me to play an acoustic showcase, and I did that. And then after that first acoustic showcase, one day we're here at the Nick, and Danielle, who does a lot of the booking there, she was putting up the, um, she was putting up the calendar, and... Um, I'm sitting outside while she's stapling it up outside, and I see that there's an open spot. Mm-hmm. I'm like, hey, 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 what you got going on that day? She's like, nothing. I'm like, could I do something that day? She's like, yeah. I'm like, cool. I'm going to do something that day. And then that morphed into somehow <laughs> um, doing a all-female writer's round yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. Yeah. So that became, that was that was the very first installation of Girls Round the Nick, um, which um, has been so much fun to do. That was in, we did that in October, and then in, um, we skipped November because we had, you know, there was Thanksgiving and all that, but then, then we did one in December. We have one coming up on January 30th, and then another one on February 27th, and we will have one every month for the rest of this year. How about that? So if there's a female uh, singer-songwriter out there listening, how... Please, please, please contact me. Does she contact you? Is that how that works? Yes, please, please, please contact me. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. Contact me, and I've I've actually I've had some people who have contacted Danielle or just the Nick in general, um, but yeah, no, we I I want the whole purpose of Girls Around the Nick is to create a space for female singer songwriters who are local to Birmingham to just give them a, a space to both be lifted up and be highlighted but also to give them a spot where they can come play their stuff and not just play it but play it and talk about it and and explain their um 
like their songwriting process, like talk about what the song's about, mm-hmm. all of that. And um, I'm I'm really excited about it. We have some really crazy good lineups that I wish I could talk about, but I can't talk about yet because they're not official yet, but mm-hmm. I know they're happening. Um, we've got some cool people coming up they're good. That's, that are going to be really, really cool. Yeah, and just a uh, flashback for a minute. Uh, you recently uh, shared a bill with someone from New York. Yes, yes. How did um, that come to be? Oh, on Tuesday, this past Tuesday, actually, um, I played with Rory Delasno, who is um, a native of New York. He um, he runs a Instagram showcase um, that is called the Songwriter Showcase, and uh, you can find that if you you know, it's just it's literally just the Songwriter's Showcase on Instagram. Um, but I I don't even remember how I found him, but. I think somebody somebody shared one of his shows with me, and I, I started watching it, and so I sent him a message, and and uh, he showcased me, and then he showcased two or three other people who have played at the Nick, mm-hmm. and then after he did that, he sent me a message, and he was like, hey, I'm doing a tour through the South. I'd love to hit Birmingham. You want to play with you want to you want to help me get it. First of all, it was you want to help me get in at the Nick, and I'm like, yes, I want to get. Uh, yes, please come play at the Nick. I want to meet you. I want to meet you. And uh, he, and then a few weeks later, it was like, hey, I need an opener. You want to play for me? And I was like, yes, please. <laughs> that was amazing. That was so fun. I did that with uh, John Feller Armstrong. That was a, that was a lot of fun. That was a great show. Yeah, and it's it's iconic. Of so Kennedy is it's about an hour and a half uh, west of here. Mm-hmm. But I've been going to shows, Birmingham, you know, since I was old enough to drive. Mm-hmm. And the Knicks iconic. Right. It's legendary. Of, like, I've never heard, like, it could be, like, a bad story. But, like, with the Knicks, it's not a bad story. It just sounds like something that happened at the Knicks. <laughs> If that makes sense. No, I know exactly what you mean. It's like, it, it could have been a heckler, oh. or maybe you were the heckler. No, so listen, today, I am I was setting up, I was getting ready for sound check, and I, I walked over, and I looked up, and I realized that my show poster from Tuesday was stapled up on the ceiling, and I about had a heart attack, because it's like front and center, and I'm like, oh my god, it's there forever. It's there forever. And I started looking around, and I'm like... There's that there's that one from when the Red Hot Chili Peppers played here. That's that's freaking cool. Yeah. <laughs> that's so cool. And so uh just around town like uh as you're continuing to make your mark in the Birmingham scene, uh what are some of the other places that you played here around town? Uh, I play a lot at Courtyard 280. I've been playing there. I've kind of had somewhat of a residency there for two three years mm-hmm. um in fact i'm i'm playing there this this upcoming sunday i think yeah four to seven um it's it's an every other sunday thing and it's it's usually just me and the regulars um i've pre-covid i was really starting to get around a lot mm-hmm. and then and, and things kind of quieted down and it got a little harder to find places to play but um I've played at the Southern. I've played at, um, I don't know, a couple other restaurants around town. 
not a, not a whole lot of spots other than um, other than courtyard and the Nick. And um, I have uh, been working on recording, so I've I, I've done some stuff with uh, Forward Studio okay. that I'm really excited about. But other than that, not much. Okay, so uh, with the recordings, any idea when that might be ready? <laughs> That's a loaded question. Um, no, no idea. Absolutely Perfect. no idea. I do know that if you want to listen to it, you can find two two things on YouTube. I've got Ball Girl and um, Harder Than the Whiskey are both on YouTube on Four Bird Studios channel all right and to open up a can of worms let's talk about influences oh dear god okay who are you influenced by well whenever i pick up my guitar i am always going to play uh long ride home by patty griffin okay period end of story there's like it's gonna happen i i it i'm not even gonna play my own stuff i'm just gonna play that that's that's my forever sound check song um i love patty I love Brandy Carlisle. I love um, I love Journey and Chicago, and I love uh, I love Britney Spears and Taylor Swift. <laughs> like I'm a little bit all over the place. Yeah. Um, I as far as like my sound goes, probably the closest is gonna be. Patty Griffin, Brandy Carlisle. Um, but lyrically, honestly, I feel like there's a lot of Taylor Swift influence there. I feel I do, I do a lot of writing from my own life mm-hmm. and um, being really just like bear it all <laughs> exposed there. I don't I don't do a lot of hiding in my in my lyrics. Was that hard to do at first when you stepped out to share it? Oh, for sure. There's one song that I I absolutely lied for like three or four years and <laughs> uh, claimed claimed that I wrote it about book characters and it was totally about me and my life. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, no, I <laughs> that's that's hard to do because I mean when when I write I um no holds barred like I'm I'm gonna that's that is exactly I'm gonna tell you exactly how I feel when I write a song I'm gonna be more clear when I write a song than if I'm trying to talk to you about the issue (laughs) so um so yeah it's it it has been difficult but at the same time I've I've finally come to a place in my life where um I'm I'm okay Let's get to let it breathe, right? Yeah, like I'm, I'm okay with I'm, uh, but uh, like I'm, I'm finally in a place where I'm okay with people knowing exactly how I feel, and um, if it bothers them, if it's too much for them, then okay, fine, go let, go find less. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, f- people, uh, you mentioned you've got two songs on YouTube. Just as far as keeping up with you on social media, uh, where are you most active? Um, most active on Facebook and Instagram. Um, both of those, you can find me at Anna Hope Sings, and that's A N N A H O P E S I N G S on both 
um, both fronts, and they're kind of linked. So um, most of the time, if I post something on one, you'll find it on the other. Um, and, uh, you know, who knows? We'll, we might expand from there, but that's where you can find me easiest right now. Right on, and so look for you at the Nick and also Courtyard 280. Look for me at the Nick. Look for me at Courtyard 280. Um, actually, I'm also going to be playing at uh, Rio's in Helena coming up soon. That's going to be fun. Cool. Um, so, yeah. Well, all right. Anything else to add or subtract? Oh, I wish I could subtract some things, but I probably can't remember what they are at this uh, point. No, I'm good. All right. I'm great. Well, Anna, thank you so much. Thank you, Alan. We're out of here. This is Anna Hope. This next song is called Enough. I hope you feel that way. I'm so tired of leaving the house at two in the morning. Cause I can't sleep in the bed you made. Keep losing what I love without warning. Grief carries a jagged blade These bones are never gonna heal Crumbling under all this weight But I'm still spinning my wheels Till I find my place But I am enough Tell myself that I Sweater told me 
Oh,